Hello, welcome to the Playcube Gamecast. I'm your host, Chase. And I'm Mushy. And today we are talking about the latest Predator movie, Prey. That's right, the one that you recently saw on Hulu. Which is also our quickest turnaround for a movie to podcast review discussion. It is. We like knocked it out almost in one weekend. I know today's, you know, not actually a weekend day, but basically, I mean, like within three days. So it's pretty quick turnaround. Wait, it came out August 5th. Well, I watched it yesterday or the day before. <laughs> so it's a quick turnaround for me. <laughs> yeah. So it's new to you. Yeah. I think the last movie we did was the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Boo. No. <laughs> I told you, I just want to pretend that that does not exist. It just, it's not real. I am in denial. You can't pretend it didn't exist when it built itself as the perfect remake along the lines of Halloween. Or you had an old character come back 30 years later. Excuse me? It did what? It had the audacity to bill itself as the greatest remake, like, and then compare itself to Halloween? Are you kidding me? Oh my god. (sighs) I know you want to forget it, but it's past. It's done for. They probably won't even make another sequel or reboot or a... If they do, I would probably watch it again just to see if it gets worse. Because that one, the first one of this, if they were planning a trilogy, I don't know what their plans were. But the first one, this first new gen remake was such a horrible dumpster fire. It's really one of those things that you just can't look away from. And so, like, I would give the second one a chance just to see how awful it is. And I will tell you, I have seen some pretty bad movies. Think about early Netflix streaming when they were playing B-movies. So I usually watch just horror movies. And so, like, I can sit on Netflix and scroll through the horror category. And out of the 75 movies that they show, I've probably seen at least 60, 60 of them. So I click seen it seen it seen it (laughs) now back when netflix was still new to streaming these movies were such terrible quality that i would honestly rate this new gen texas chainsaw massacre along with them and so i called those movies z movies because they were not even good enough to be b-list movies Mm. Damn. <laughs> but again, still would watch just to see if it gets even more terrible. I mean, like we've discussed last time, there were some pretty funny scenes. And like I can go into a horror comedy with an open mind. It's just when the horror movie is so bad that it's comical, it's an issue. And it's like, you didn't warn me this was a comedy. I didn't know what I was getting into. But I'm here for blood, gore. <sighs> And a psychological mindfuck of, is there a jump scare around the corner? Please tell me now, why is there a dark corner in the back of that room? Exactly. I'm not here to watch a dude whip out his cell phone and record Leatherface and tell him. A man who got on the bus (sighs) and holding a chainsaw after previously decapitating the driver. 
yeah, no, that's not what I'm here for. I'm not for here for new gen. You're going to get so canceled, bro. I am not here for that. <sighs> yeah, well, you just got canceled from life. <laughs> but enough about that mess. We are here to discuss Prey. Which, unlike Texas Chainsaw Massacre, was a quality film. I agree. So, like I told Chase before we started watching this, I have never seen any of the Predator movies. So I'm talking no Predator, no Predator versus Alien, none of them. This was my very first Predator installment film. Which and is crazy. I was, it is, it is kind of crazy, but when you think about what kind of horror movies I like, it's not all that crazy. Um, but I was thoroughly impressed. Okay. Like, like with the film itself, but with the idea of the Predator, like I would actually go back and watch the other Predator movies to see what I've been missing out on all of these years. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not get too hasty, okay? The Predator movie franchise is on a very bumpy track record, you know? Oh, so it's kind of like Halloween. So it starts off pretty good. You got Predator. You have muscle-bound Arnold Schwarzenegger, Carl Weathers, and Jesse Ventura. As buff army commandos going out to the jungles of Central America. Of course it's in the jungle. Of course it's in Central America. Where else would it be? And so these guys are armed to the teeth. They got the grit, the fortitude, the muscles, and the baby oil to fight off Predator. I think the baby oil is the most important part (laughs) of this, everyone. Let's just take note. If you want to shine, you gotta have that baby oil. But eventually he realizes, hey, maybe these modern weapons aren't so great. We gotta go back to the log traps and just smashing and punching and Kicking ass. Okay, so that's kind of interesting that that's what they did even... Like, I don't know what year the actual... It was like 80s. 80s, okay. Um, But that's kind of interesting, because if you are familiar with this movie already, you know that it's a period piece. It's set in the 1800s in the northern territories of America and borderlining Canada area. Um, just so because pretty much it's like 1719 Great Plains. Yes. Central North America. Yes. North America. Um, and so the whole time, like when I found out that was the period, I was like, how are they going to fight the predator? Like, are they just going to shoot it with arrows? Um, because like, even though I had not seen the predator, I was fam- like the films, I was familiar with the fact that it's just like this superhuman, obviously it's not human, but superhuman yeah creature from outer space and it just has this super strength and so i was like how are they gonna kill it with arrows and tomahawks and other non-gun things like because like he he showed up and he had freaking lasers (laughs) so i like to think the predator as like a safari hunter who just hops over to different planets and be like all right, so I'm just going to kill some predators over here. Boom. Take care of this one. Boom. Yeah. Go into a nice little knife fight. Boom. <laughs> but I was just amazed 
um, that they were able to do so much with the non-gun weapons. And so I would, my whole point for this is that I'm not surprised that even in the first few films, that's what they resorted to of, Hey, maybe we don't need this modern weaponry. We need to go back to the basics. Um, So knowing, obviously I don't have that knowledge beforehand, but hearing it now and knowing that in previous films, they've done the same thing. It makes a lot more sense. Well, in in a way. Well, check this out, because in the last two previous films, we had Predators, which was basically you had a group of hardened predators in America from the world of like an Israeli sniper, an American mercenary, a cartel member, and like a Yakuza samurai guy. Okay. Getting drifted off into space onto a... Pretty much like a <laughs> predator version of their own safari land. They got dropped into the from sky. Like you can either team up now or die alone. So teamwork wins the day there. Then you had the last film, which was so bad that the person I went to go see it with forgot it from his memory. Oh, kind of like how I want to do with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. That bad. Because this one was called The Predator. Oh, yeah. Because we all know if you add in the word the, it makes the movie so much better. Looking at you, the Final Destination, a.k.a. Final Destination number four. (laughs) Which was also a prequel to Final Destination one. But The Predator was about a guy. He was in the army. He was a soldier. And he had a son with autism. Okay. That's a big factor because towards the end of the day, you find out. That the way to defeat Predator was with super autism. The, the way to beat the Predator? Yes. Okay. So the Predator as a language, the kid of autism, was able to learn the language and use it to pilot an Iron Man-esque Predator suit. Okay, that's pretty interesting. And it was so bad. <laughs> and so let me get this straight. This You said you went to go see this with someone, so this movie actually made it... Into theaters. Yes. Whew, I guess it was kind of carrying itself on Predator the name, name yeah. like the, the franchise name. Okay. Okay. It was also directed by Shane Black, who also was a actor in the very first Predator movie. So they're like, all right, oh. we have this guy being the director. We have so much hype around it. Let's go. Yeah. It's one of those hype homage films. We have Olivia Munn to be a doctor who says... Autism is the next step in the evolutionary genes. Interesting. I don't even think I've heard of that actress. She was in like a bunch of random films. Okay. But we move on to Prey, which is literally the best step this franchise could go in. We're going to go back in time, make it a period piece, and have them fight a warring nation. It was it was really good. Like, I just, I can't even think of one bad thing to say except for the subtitles. That's my only complaint, like, off the top of my head. And I know, like, I've already mentioned this to Chase before off-air, but, like, was anybody else confused by the Frenchman and not being able to understand what they were saying because there were no subtitles to translate it? Hey, that makes sense if you're in a period piece watching this through the eyes of a Comanche woman. A Comanche woman that speaks able- English. 
hey, that was only in that dub. Okay. Oh, yeah, this film had two separate dubs upon release. You had the original English, then you had the Comanche dub, which is great because this is also the first time in history that has happened. Yeah, it's honestly really amazing that they were able to do that um, and actually able to use authentic actors and not whitewash, essentially, um, these roles. Oh, man. We have came so much further than from like the 1960s, 1970s. Have you ever seen that PSA of the uh, someone throwing a litter out on a, out of their car on a busy highway and you tilt the camera up to the mountains, you see a lone Native American man dropping a single tear from his eye. That part sounds familiar. The rest of it doesn't. All right. So that was Iron Eyes Cody. Okay. <laughs> and he was an Italian man oh, who portrayed himself as a Native American guy to get more roles in Hollywood. Okay. So, like, was there some kind of big scandal behind him? Um, like, kind of like with Millie Vanilli when everybody found out that they were actually lip syncing and not really singing? No. He just portrayed that role until he died. Okay, so there wasn't some big scandal of, oh my god, you've been lying to us this whole time. Okay. No, that's just like the most high-profile erasure of Native Americanism. <laughs> I would say the most recent high-profile example. We have several textbook examples. But only if you don't live in the state of Texas and actually have real textbooks that don't erase history. I'm looking at you, Abbott. Moving on. Fuck, where'd we go? <laughs> <laughs> Down a rabbit hole. So one thing um, that I found interesting from the, this movie, um, and it wasn't necessarily like the movie part, it's more of like the background knowledge of it, was that they specifically adopted a dog from a shelter to play in the movie. So, you know, most of the times when you have animal actors, like usually they are trained actor dogs. Um, like they know their one or two tricks. They're able to actually act and take cues and do all of that. Well, they went for a shelter animal. Oh, wow. I had no idea. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. Hmm. This is also the first film I've ever seen where I or a dog has survived the entire movie. Oh my god, yes. The whole time. I was just like, no! Hey, that dog did a lot of work. He deserves all the beef you can give him. Buffalo? Yeah. <laughs> Since it's just there. But I agree. Alright, so... As for the actual movie itself, it's pretty bare bones. It's uh, pretty much two young hunters... Going through a rite of passage by hunting something that hunts you back. You yeah. had Amber Midthunder's character Naru and the Predator getting dropped off. Oh my god. L- literally the Predator getting dropped off. <laughs> imagine because... your imagine the Predator's parents are in that spaceship flying away, like, alright, we're gonna drop you off for uh, your field trip safari zone. <laughs> we'll pick you up in like a month. <laughs> Be sure to collect I mean, a bunch of skulls. That's basically what happened because she, like, even in the film, she sees, because uh, you know that the Predator has, like, this more advanced, sophisticated technology than what they do in the 1700s. Um, but she can see, even through, like, the cloaking mechanism 
the ship taking off and going back into the sky. So like, like he's literally just dropped off and left. Like, bye, have fun. See you later. Amber's character is like, I just saw this massive bird flying through the sky, shooting out flames. That's a thunderbird. (laughs) My time has come. You actually have a thunderbird tattoo, right? I do. It's glorious. So Chase knows a few things about thunderbirds. So we have the predator. He's literally in camouflage, walking around, taking an eye of the scenery. He's like, all right. I see a snake about to eat a mouse. That's a predator. Killed snake. Now, hold on. Let's back up. He didn't kill the snake. He skinned the snake alive. He ripped the skull out. Yeah. Well, did he actually rip the skull out? Yeah. Because when, what was her name? Naru, when she came across the snake, it was still moving. I can only assume that the head of the snake is still going to writhe and contract. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go back and look because I didn't see where it like where he got the skull. I know. I mean, obviously, it's assumed that he did because that's his whole thing. Like yeah. he wants the skulls. Um, but I missed that. But it wouldn't yeah, be the first wo- time that I missed a key detail. <laughs> yeah, he just works his way up the food chain. He's like, "All right, I see a coyote wolf like thing about to hunt a jackrabbit. Time to kill the wolf." Yes. I see a bear chasing a young lady down the river. Time to go kill a bear. Looks at her. Not a threat. Continues on. Uh, if only he knew how much of a threat she was. If only he knew she was But that bear downfall. gave him trouble, though. It did. I was like, oh my god, this bear. But I mean, it's a big old grizzly. What do you expect? It was slash, slash. The camouflage goes down for a minute. You have Naru reacting like freaking the fuck out. Like, what the fuck is that? I mean, that's basically the reaction that we get from her. <laughs> then the predator just finds like a bunch of skinned buffalo out in the plains. He finds a little burnt cigar piece out there. He's like, all right, time to go hunt some humans. Which is really why he's here. That's really what he wants. He wants the ultimate interested. trophy club, trophy yeah. prize. He's not too interested in snake skulls, bear skulls. He wants the humans. He wants something that can give him a proper fight. Well, that's debatable, but I feel like the bear was the only thing other than Naru that gave him a proper fight. Well, so, and her brother, too. But Back on the Naru side, she wants to prove herself as a hunter. She lives in a very traditional tribe. You know, women hunter ga- are the gatherers and the men are the hunters. Mm-hmm. And everyone's giving her shit like, oh, no. That spear is not going to be any use if you keep sharpening it like that. What are you going to do? Stab a tree? (laughs) Yeah, they gave her a lot of shit throughout, but she proved herself. And for her big hunt of hunting something that would hunt her back, she was like, all right, I'm going to go hunt a lion. To be fair, she did start with the bear. No, she started with a lion. The bear just came out of nowhere. yes, Yes, this is true. Except the lion was killed by her brother and he was like, I brought you back unconscious. I also brought back this lion. Praise me. (laughs) I mean, that's basically it. That's how it went down. Until later, he reveals, you actually did a whole lot better than I let on. You almost had him. Your medicine. Blah, blah, blah. 
So, but hey, it's through her training of also being a gatherer, though, that she knows the proper medical herbs to cool your blood, which yes. is also super helpful against a predator whose main vision is thermal. Okay, okay, so I have a question about this, this specific thing. Again, not having seen any kind of Predator movies, I quickly picked up that he hunts thermal energy. Like, he sees things moving and all of that. Um, He can tell when things are alive because they have a heat signature. Well, how come when people play dead, they were just blue? They weren't dead. And my mom, like, as I watched it with my mom and she was like, oh, it's because he doesn't see them as a threat. And I was like, he wouldn't have seen that mouse as a threat either, but it still showed up. Or not the mouse. I think it was the rabbit. Uh, but it still showed up on his heat profile. So it's like that guy that was pretending to be dead on the ground that got stepped on and screamed and then the predator killed him. Like, he should have showed up with a heat signature because he was technically alive. And she was True. Like, yeah. I'm just so confused. But Amber Midthunder Naru gave the guy on the ground the uh, medicinal herb to cool his blood. Okay. That makes sense then. Okay. Because I was like, it can't be he didn't perceive it as a threat because it's like, that's not how his vision works. It's thermal. Okay. There we go. So we have the predator who hunts down the other tribesmen. And they put up a pretty good fight, mm-hmm. although they're quickly outclassed by the Predator, because they get killed really fast, and it's just, damn. It doesn't help that the Predator has these laser-guided crossbows going on here. Yep. It just felt no. like they were at a total disadvantage. He has all this alien tech wear, and they have bows and arrows. And don't forget tomahawks. And tomahawks. And for the Frenchman, the flintlocks. Oh, those goodness. So, after everyone dies, Amber comes across the Frenchman who knock her out and was like, oh yeah, we're going to be hostile towards these savage Comanches. Yes. Because, you know, they killed all the buffalo and, well, shit. Buffalo are kind of sacrilegious to the natives at that time. And so you're pretty much being like, this is like... Us going to a church right now, burning it down to the ground, and spray painting a pentagram almost on every surface possible. Yeah. Just about. But it helps out that they have a translator with them so you can actually understand what's going on here. Kind of. Well, one guy who translates for the Frenchman and the Comanche. Yes. So you still don't know exactly what they're saying You just got to take his word for it. Unless you do what I do and watch this thing with closed captions. And I was like, all right, what does uh, J.V. Zuporter mean in French and English? And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I did not do that. (laughs) No, I probably wasted like 10 minutes of my time just pausing and be like, all right, what do they say? Type it up. Oh, okay, cool. I'm like, damn, I should have paid attention in high school French. Oh, did you take French? I did. Nice. It does not help out much. (laughs) I would imagine so. At best, I can remember je ne sais pas, which is I don't know. Yes. I was like, I know je ne sais 
is I, it's like a I don't type of thing. Um, but one of my friends, like French was her high school language. She's always trying to like recall on it. I'm just like, I don't know. I took Spanish. It sounds right to me. I will say this though. It was nice seeing the predator going full ham on all the French trappers and hunters. Yes. It was taking revenge for the buffalo. I mean, when you stop and think, was he taking revenge for the buffalo or was he just pissed off that he didn't get to kill the buffalo? (laughs) No, I mean, they opened fire on him. They had flintlocks. They had rifles. They were like, we're going to take this guy down. We're going to throw nets at a predator. Probably like, oh, wait, you have a net? I have a net too. Toss. I loved that. Then slowly contract back. Yes. I was just like... Y'all really tried it. Y'all really tried it. And then just like, psh, predator net. Then he was like, here, have a grenade. You're not going to see this for a while. <laughs> oh my gosh. But after that fight, we move on to the siblings, Naru, her brother Tabe, having their own little fist fight with the predator by himself. Which honestly and that was, was pretty badass. It was really good. They got a bunch of good hits in. Then got up a lot towards of good the end, teamwork in. Oh yeah. Then towards the end, the predator just goes into camouflage. He Fucking disappears. Cheater. Fucking cheater. And Tabe goes cheater. And that was like the best moment of the film for me. <laughs> Can you blame him? Right. Then he sneaks up on Tabe and is like, "Sister, just go. I'll be fine." Next thing you know, ripped open, like, ah, fuck. What was their thing that they would say, this is as far as I go? This is as far as you go. You don't need to go any further. Yeah. Like, when he said that, I was like, oh, shit, he knows he's going to die. Yeah. But Amber stole the helmet off the Predator. She ran back into her most preferred location. Then she got to work. And boy, did she work. She set... All of those traps came up with a brilliant plan, and it worked. Because throughout the film, we see Amber building up, observing, and learning from the Predator, and being able to work out some kind of plan just to take this thing down. Mm-hmm. And it was glorious. Glorious indeed. It lends into an awesome fight. They barely, she barely survives. Just long enough for the Predator to get into location. It was like, you know what? I'm going to end this with crossbow bolts. (laughs) It doesn't matter I don't have my helmet. Where's the lasers at? Why are the crossbow bolts missing her? Why are they turning around? Why are they going in a full circle? Look around. Oh shit, I'm the laser. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, I loved that part. Uh, Just the simple fact that she was able to figure that out. uh, That... Not necessarily that the helmet was the source of the power, but like the weaponry was connected to the helmet and that she could use it to her advantage. And then it was just poetic justice for him to die by his own weaponry with his own laser that he had been using to take out the Comanche. Yeah. Then towards the end of the film, you see Amber walking back to her tribe, holding a giant predator head. Hold on. You see her walking back to her tribe, 
glowing neon green. That's because she's covered in predator blood. <laughs> yes, but it was it was a sight to see. She's glowing neon green. She has this big predator head like there's no other way to describe it and she just shows up and holds it up and throws it and she's like praise me for i'm the best hunter here i mean was she wrong and they're like all right cool let's perform the ritual go for it did you notice um so i don't know if this was done on purpose um or if it was just supposed to be blood splash but it looked like she had redecorated her face with the predator blood. I think that was redecoration. Okay. That's just all I was um, wanting confirmation on because I had noticed it, but I was just like, is it really just a splatter or, and I was like, no, it has to be redecoration, like claiming the kill and all that. No, it was too symmetrical for that. It was just the perfect symmetry. Yeah. But still neon green. Phosphorescent. And if you watch the end credits, you see in pretty much like cave style drawings of what happens after, including predator ships coming over to the land. That killed me because <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, they did so great. And then I was like, I was fast forwarding to see if there was any end credits. And then I noticed that. So I was like, OK, let's watch this. And then I saw that last bit and I was just like, fuck, <laughs> they're coming. So, I haven't seen Predator 2, but I do know one of the major props was towards the end of the game, after Danny Glover kills the Predator, the Predators from the sky come down and present Danny Glover a flintlock pistol from Raphael in 1719, Mm. which is also the same pistol Naru had today in this movie. I was trying to read the inscription on it because, you know, like they focused on that for a little bit and I, I was just like squinting at it, couldn't make it out. And I'm sure now that's what it said. So back then people, as people speculated, was 1719 Flintlock pistol a pirate thing? Nope. Native Americans. <laughs> and Canadian fur trappers. You know, just a few thousand miles away from the sea. Yep. But that's still an interesting link. Um, That's one thing I love about remakes and reboots and just reimaginings is when they draw and make a link. Hmm. They draw on the inspiration and make some kind of a link. Um, And so you like everyone knows and listeners, if you don't know, um, you're about to find out. Halloween is one of my favorite movies and really just franchises. And this new trilogy, Halloween, Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends, it was really interesting for to see the second movie, the third one's not out yet, to see the second movie, Halloween Kills, and how they had the masks from Halloween 3. So oh if you know, in, yes, if you know anything about the Halloween franchise, Halloween three is the only movie that does not have um, Michael Myers in it. And the reasoning for that is because John Carpenter originally intended for the Halloween franchise to be an anthology series. And so every movie was supposed to be something different. He just didn't account for Michael Myers becoming so popular. So that's why there's a Halloween two that sometimes gets ignored 
um, when they're doing like, there's so many different timelines, but anyway, these masks, seeing them show up in the new trilogy was just a wonderful Easter egg. So I absolutely love when movies do that. And then of course I was singing, um, the silver shamrock song when I saw that. (laughs) Okay. I mean, it just, you, you can't help it. Like you think like they do it on purpose, obviously, but it makes you think of all of the other things that link it together. Hmm. You know what? That's fair. As for this movie, when it came out, it was, <laughs> it came out on Hulu, right? Nobody expects a movie that's good coming out on Hulu, no less. Hulu's had some good stuff. They've had a lot of they've had a lot of stuff. Sometimes good, sometimes questionable at best. Okay, that's fair. But I recently learned that it wasn't due to the fact that 20th Century Studios was bought out by Disney and they had an agreement that any movie they made, if it was released to theaters, would go straight to HBO Max for streaming. Mm. Disney was like well, fuck, we have this movie, but we also don't want it to go to HBO Max. So we're going to go around it with a loophole and just release it on Hulu only. (laughs) I mean, you got to do what's best for your company, right? But hey, if this movie had released in theaters, I would totally go watch this. I would do. I would even... I would actively hunt down where I could watch the Comanche version, too. I don't know about all that. Um, And that's not a drag on subtitles or the Comanche movie or language or anything like that. It's more so a, like, I just don't like traveling to movie theaters because it always seems that the Grapevine location is the only one that's showing stuff like specific anime movies, specific language movies. It's always at a theater out in Grapevine, and I never want to go that far because it's like an hour drive. So I, I mean, just, <laughs> that's perfect for me because I live in Grapevine, and that's like a 10-minute drive up the road to Grapevine Mills Mall. <laughs> Some of us are so lucky, and others of us are not. You know, we can't but live I, in I the would, fourth. Like, even seeing it in Hulu, I would still, like, if they did a re-release to theaters, I would still go see it again. Oh yeah, definitely. Like this is, people are saying this is the best Predator movie since the very first one. And I can easily see that making that same comparison because everything about it works so well. I mean, I can't really agree just because I haven't seen the first one, but I don't disagree. Like, especially with the statement, everything works so well. Definitely agree with that. It also hit some criticism early on because... People were complaining like, hey, what is, what's going on here? We have this young woman fighting a predator and we've had buff Arnold Schwarzenegger and other dudes fighting the predators and barely winning. How is she going to win when she's a young woman? And oh boy, that just like a huge black hole of just pure nonsense but when you actually watch the film it's more like oh hey everybody's fighting this down we had tribesmen fighting this down we had frenchmen fighting this down 
it was pretty much a last resort for her to actually kill it. Last resort, but also the one smart enough to do it because she didn't try to go at it with brute strength. She realized that was not her strong suit. Um, She realized she couldn't kill it or take it down that way. So she had to strategize and go into that. And so that just really plays into the intellectual intellectual side of it, um, that you don't have to be all brawn to win the game. You can be brains, too. Yeah. And after this film came out, it put away all those criticisms for the most part. I'm sure there's a couple of the uh, more neck beardy types. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I'm just like, <laughs> say it, say it, say it. <laughs> Who are still very anti prey, but that's up to them, I guess. Yeah. Everyone's entitled to their wrong opinion. <laughs> I can't even remember what show that's from, but it cracks me up every time I think of it. Because, like, the, the character yeah. is, like, yelling. It's like, well, you're entitled to your wrong opinion. Uh, this also makes it the most watched premiere across all films and television series on Hulu right now. Awesome. And that's pretty much the hype built around it because you had this huge cast of almost mostly indigenous people. You had it filming pretty much on location in Calgary, Canada, Alberta, Canada, which is literally still part of the Great Plains, but it's just so far up north. Oh man, the Great Plains is so fucking huge. It goes from can from cool. Texas, Central Texas, to Canada. It's from Wyoming Great Plains. to Missouri. It pretty much spans like... It's the whole <laughs> central part of the U.S. Forget the East Coast. Forget the West Coast. It's just central U.S. Uh, I do want to shout out to the director himself, Dan Trachtenberg. He also made 10 Cloverfield Lane. Okay. Which was a crazy film starring John Goodman. It was pretty interesting. He directed the pilot for The Boys. Haven't seen it. It is fucking insane. (laughs) That's what I've heard. (laughs) That's basically, like, I I get a lot of positive, but a lot of it's so insane. Listen, in season two, you you had a character getting choked out by a... By a 12 foot long penis. Jesus Christ. Like, not even a tentacle. <laughs> nope, it's full. <laughs> it's a full love sausage. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. The pilot for the boys also featured a scene where what happens when a flash speedster type character runs into a human being at full speed. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's in the first 10 minutes of the show. High impact, literally. And he also directed the Black Mirror episode playtest. I haven't seen any of Black Mirror. Again, lots of 
things I've heard good. Uh, I've heard lots of good things about it. Lots of people are like, oh, you'd like it. You like it. I just have a hard time committing to TV shows. All right. So Playtest stars an American tourist trying to make money try- in London, trying to get back home because he's on the, uh, the, uh, he's pretty much just trying to make money in, on a touristy trip. All right. So he signs up for a <laughs> a playtest of a new augmented reality horror game. Oh gosh. And so it's a pretty big trip going out throughout that entire episode. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine. Because towards the end, he's like, I can't tell what's real, what's fake or not. Then you find out what really happened. You're just like, oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But back to this movie. I liked it. I loved it. If this comes out on Blu-ray, I'm definitely buying it. I wouldn't commit to the Blu-ray just because I don't buy movies anymore. Um, But I did really enjoy this film see i like buying films i like because then i'll be able to have it in case it disappears from a streaming service or i cancel my subscription to a streaming service this is true like i fully understand and support buying films it's just been several years since i've actually bought one like one that just like spoke to me so much that i was just like i have to have it i have to yeah, it's, it's just been a very long time. Because there, there have been um, <clears throat> movies that have made me feel that way. And then I'm just like, like, I hunt it down. It doesn't matter. Like, I hunt it down. I have to have it. Uh, like, Spirited Away, for example. I watched it for the very first time, um, like, eight years old, ten years old or something, on DirecTV pay-per-view. Loved it so much, I begged my mom to buy it again so I could watch it the like the next weekend or the next day, whatever the situation was. Happened to be at Target, browsing the movies, and I just had to have it. Okay. So, like, I, I get it. Like, there, there are some movies that I do feel that way about. Um, it just hasn't happened like that in a long time. There's this one movie that came out last year. It's called Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. It's, from what I've heard, it's a bad movie. I missed watching it in the theaters. I'm just like, fuck. Oh, I didn't even know it had a theatrical release. Yeah, it came out like last November. Okay. So I tried finding it on streaming recently, but the only way to do that is to watch it on Stars through Hulu. I am not committed enough to buy a Stars add-on to watch oh this movie. Gosh. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And that's only $7. <laughs> so that's how bad it's supposed to be? It's like, I want to watch it, but not that much. I mean, you could buy it outright for $8 on Prime Video. And then you could own it. Yeah, but then I'd be stuck owning it. <laughs> So it's not good enough to pay $7 for access to stars where you could watch other things. And it's definitely not good enough to spend 7 or $8 to own. Got it. 
I don't know where this fine line is. It's just weird. It's like, how much is too much for trash? However much you're not willing to pay. Because you know what they say, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Yeah, true. And so, like, it may appear to be trash and you're just like, oh my god, I love it. Here's $100. I have to have it. Somebody else looks at it and they're just like, I, you couldn't even pay me to toss this. Um, which reminds me of Animal Crossing because, you know, everything relates to Animal Crossing. Um, at where at one point, like, you could sell your trash and then they started charging a fee to take your trash. <laughs> so this was several games ago but you get you get the point like they were like oh you're bringing us your trash because they would they would take it and it was usually either like zero maybe 10 bells nothing else and then it quickly turned into we don't want your trash we're charging you a disposal fee <laughs> i got sick and tired of you just bringing over to sam rusty musty pair of boots <laughs> Oh my goodness. Good times. So how many Predator movies are there? Because we've talked about one, two, three, four, at least five of them, including this new Prey. But how many are there total? So we have Predator, Predator 2. Then we have Alien vs. Predator. Okay, like you gotta give Alien his props. (laughs) You know, everything good when there is a competing good franchise they have to do a crossover freddy versus jason anyone then we had predators then we had the predator so this would be the fifth one okay so not like a ridiculous amount because i know like you had said not all of them are all that good so not like a ridiculous amount of trash no okay but this does open the door to be like oh hey where else do you want to go in history you want predator fighting vikings or do you want predator fighting samurai i want predators fighting polar bears (laughs) and yetis Uh, just predator in the snow oh this reminds me of predator versus john carpenter's the thing (laughs) predator in antarctica versus this thing uh, that's what i want that just reminds me of like Oh, hey, what's the difference between the Arctic area and Antarctica? Oh, one has bears, the other doesn't. (laughs) Which, for anyone who does not get that, that's literally what the names mean. Oh, you you know, we're just so classy at naming stuff. I mean, it gets the job done, doesn't it? I mean, it's like the whole Greenland and Iceland. The Vikings wanted to confuse, so they switched up the names. That's why... Oh, hey. Come over to Greenland. It has so much space. It's even in the name. (laughs) Suckers. We have all their gold. (laughs) Predator versus the Crusades. Yeah. (laughs) Would they try to, like, fight the Predator with holy water? No, we'd have the, like, the Templar Knights being like, It's a demon from the sky! We must smite it in the name of God. But wouldn't they think it was an angel? Because it came from the sky? Like, maybe at first? If it, No, what if it was like, alright, so it came from the sky, it's an angel. But then it started killing people, they're like, that's no angel, that's a demon! <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> or they could, like, they, they might recognize it as a fallen angel, and like, that's why it's on Earth, because it was on its way to hell. Great Scott, that's Lucifer! 
my god. <laughs> that would definitely be like <clears throat> I'd hate to say it, but that definitely would probably be in line with Texas Chainsaw Massacre in the amount of camp <laughs> going on in the movie. It was it, it'd be like Monty Python and Predator. No, that's a uh, dino. That's a uh, spin the wheel back further. Let's go Predator versus the Roman Empire. Predator was actually the one who stabbed Caesar. <laughs> they don't tell you about this in history books, but look at Julius Caesar's body now. It's exploded everywhere. <laughs> oh my gosh. That would be kind of hilarious. Like, even if they just did like a short of Predator going throughout history and killing notable <laughs> figures that were assassinated. Oh, wait, what's going on in Texas at uh, Dallas in 1963? What is that on the grassy knoll? Oh, my God. <laughs> <sighs> if you haven't seen, we have a JFK episode, so please feel free to check that out. Not yet. We haven't recorded that one yet. Oh, dang it. I thought, okay, pre-plug. I thought we were going to, I thought it was going to be, you know, flipped. We could talk about it. Pre-plug, we will have a JFK episode. So be on the lookout. Oh, man, I have a spicy take for JFK Reloaded, but I can't say that here just yet. No, no, no. (laughs) Save it for the episode. Because I told Jimmy it yesterday, and he was like, I need a drink now. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's that bad. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners, you are in for a treat with this Uh, one. I will say this about right now with the modern TV and movies, the way it's going. I do appreciate that Native Americans are getting a huge increase on market value right now with good movies, good TV shows. Like Reservation Dogs is back for a second season. I am loving that show. I have heard of it. I haven't seen it yet. Um, but I did see a trailer for the next season. I think or this is the first the current season. Yeah. I'm, I'm not too sure. This is like the first movie since The Walking Dead that I know for a fact that almost everyone in my family has seen it. Really? Yes. Interesting. Because they will come out for a Native American TV show. Listeners, if you have not figured it out yet, Chase is Native American. <laughs> oh yeah, I know how my voice and name sounds like, but still, it's quite easy to be Native American when your mom is 100% Native. Is she really? She is. I did not know that. I didn't know, like I figured some, but not 100%. That's amazing. It's my dad that throws the monkey wrench in everything. <laughs> of course. It's always the men. No, seriously, my dad took a DNA test. Oh, jeez. It came back 40% white, 40% Hispanic, 20% Irish. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. That is definitely a monkey wrench. And my fiance was like, you should celebrate your... Mexican culture more. I'm just like, how? My dad doesn't even do it. (laughs) Yeah. My dad introduced me to tamales with ketchup. No comment. (laughs) I've seen my dad cook. The best thing you've ever cooked 
was hot dogs in a microwave. In the microwave? <laughs> oh my god. The microwave? <laughs> Tell me. What were the buns like? They were warm, moist. But were they buns or were uh, they sandwich bread? <laughs> hey, they were buns for the most part. <laughs> okay. Because you can't do microwave and, <laughs> and sandwich bread. <laughs> I mean, you can. I've definitely eaten some hot dogs that way, but... Ooh. Freaking hot dogs. My mom, though, she was pretty much the main cooker of meals that were mostly middle-class American. We were talking meatloaf, beans, chili, fry bread, Indian tacos, and chicken noodle soup, all from scratch. Nice. So it's a blend of traditional American, Native American, and it just all gets worked in its way. Yeah. My dad is mostly restaurants and stuff. I mean, he's microwaving hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would assume so. Dad, if you're listening to this, you're probably not. But still, I'm sorry for saying this. I'm sure your cooking has gotten a lot better. I hope I'm so. I'm sure you put uh, cereal before milk in bowls now. <laughs> he what? <laughs> <laughs> Enough about your dad's war crimes. <laughs> abominations to mankind <laughs> oh my god okay i'm joking about that last part <sighs> okay okay oh i can breathe again let's move on to you let's focus on you what was it like for you growing up mm, so this is an ongoing thing for me um i often get the what are you question Oh, that's easy. I'm Native American. What does that mean? Where are you from? I'm from Texas. Really? Yes. Where are your parents from? Kansas. <laughs> are they really from Kansas? My I, mom's I, from I, Kansas. I would have thought she was just like from here. I mean, I just kind of assume everyone's from here unless they say different. And I'm just like, I would have never guessed you came from Nevada or Kansas or Montana or whatever other 49 state that doesn't matter. <laughs> But yeah, that's usually the number one question. Like, I've actually had people argue with me um, over my ethnicity. And so now into pre-middle age, <laughs> um, I am just like, okay, whatever. Um, like, because people still assume my ethnicity and they will say it like to other people like they'll interrupt my conversations like when somebody asks me the what are you question like I've had people interrupt me to mm. answer the question for me and they answer it wrong of course that's a bold um, move shit <laughs> yeah uh, so it was pretty interesting growing up but you know it's and it's like even still to this day I was recently in Mexico um, and so I am Hispanic um, and just being there, it's just like, technically these are my people, but I don't feel a part of it. And I mean, like, mm. not even just like, obviously, like, I'm not from Mexico, but even 
like the Mexican people here. It's just like, I don't feel any kind of connection. Like I don't feel, I just feel more like an outsider rather. Hmm. Um, and what was it most recently? Um, goodness. What was it? Something happened recently and I can't remember what it was. Oh, well, obviously it wasn't important, but it, it's just, oh, no, it wasn't recently. I was recently telling someone about it. Um, there are people, like, just for one example, um, I had in college a professor who was actually from Mexico, um, and he was giving us a lecture. To be, what was the class called? I can't remember what the class was called, but it was basically a Mexican-American Spanish um, course. So it focused on Christopher Columbus coming over and colonizing and the after effects that it's had <laughs> on um, the Americas, like all locations. But since he was from Mexico, it was more so focused on Mexico. Um, but he was telling us about like Mexican folklore and things like that. And he said something um, while we were looking at something and I was just like, oh, yeah, I know that. And he just kind of looked at me and he's like, you know about La Llorona? And I was like, yeah, why wouldn't I? And I was like, I'm Mexican. And he just kind of looked at me like so shocked. And he's like, oh, my God, I had no idea. Mm. And I was just like, OK. So, I mean, like, that's basically that in a nutshell has been my experience my entire life um like there are other things um other than just mexican in my dna but we don't have to get into that today uh, <laughs> but that's basically been my experience um hmm. is what are you where are you from and oh no you're not or oh yes you are like literally i mentioned people would argue with me i had somebody argue with me that I would like for, literally for 15 minutes that I was Japanese. What? Yeah. You know what? I can see that. My sister, she's full Native American. She gets confused for Asian all the time. It must be the eyes. I don't know. I I, I have no idea. Um, but yeah, so life is interesting when you're a minority. Life is interesting when you're tanner than the average person. Yep. You don't get recognized for what you are. You get rec recognized for other things. It's interesting. I know that feeling. I'm a pale dude with dark hair. Yeah. I mean, you're not super pale. Like, you have a darker skin tone, but it it is darker than mine, for example. But it's also still very light. So it's like your undertone or whatever it's called is darker. But it's also it doesn't help that my name is Chase and my last name's Par. Wait, what? <clears throat> yes. Your last name is non-existent. But it is a very traditionally English last name. Yes. Like I, it has its own Wikipedia page. I'm like, you know what? That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't get over your dad. It's just like 40, 40, 20, just cut and dry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Meanwhile, I get updates from Ancestry DNA every so often saying your ethnicity DNA estimate has been updated. 
And so, like, I just watch these numbers go up and down and up and down and up and down all the time. Uh, I'm just like, okay. It's crazy because on my mom's side, it's pretty cut and dry because her parents met at a boarding school. Which, if you know anything about American history with Native Americans, that is not a good place to be. Right. Because, essentially, they would take the kids of Native Americans to take them to a boarding school, then teach them the ways of the American public school system and remove all the culture. Mm-hmm. And I know semi-recently, within the past 10 years, we had some kind of publication come out talking about how... I can't even remember what country. I just remember reading Canada. It, um, the Canada of boarding schools. Uh, they found well, thousands of bodies. Not that one, because the, I mean that one is a big deal. Like, don't get me wrong, but the one I'm thinking of is they were taking people's babies, and I thought they were Native American babies, and they were just giving them away to white families. Hmm. And they like even like they were want like coupleless or <laughs> childless couples um, wanting babies, and like they would get one, but they would treat it poorly they would treat their baby that they just basically kidnapped poorly um and i could have swore it was native americans i can't remember for sure though i'll have to dig into that a little bit more but yes the canada atrocities oh man if there's ever a place i do not want to go it is canada i want to go to canada just because i want to go to lake louise um in their national park it is just so beautiful Mm. but other than that i don't really want to go to canada (laughs) like that's my like i don't i just don't know a whole lot about canada other than ice frozen tundra (laughs) um but like that that is my my gem that is on my bucket list that is what i want to do okay so what i know about canada is the location of the highway of tears where Mostly hitchhikers got picked up and killed. And because it was in the poorer part of Canada, it was mostly Native American hitchhikers. Then you have the actual police doing the uh, special starlight tours. I don't like the sound of this. Where they would pick up any random Native American, drive, you know, a few couple hours out into the snowy wilderness and just drop them off okay so they didn't actually kill them i mean it's still terrible what they're doing but they didn't actually kill them it's not killing them if you let nature kill them for you the only reason i'm saying it is because it sounded similar to what the texas rangers did to mexicans um like they would do mexican roundups and they would just kill mexicans and like there's historical postcards of the texas rangers posing like postcards like i could go and buy a postcard and mail it to you um they're just posing with a whole bunch of mexicans that they just killed so like that's Mm. what like where my mind went when you were saying this so that's why i'm just like did they kill them or okay but i mean they basically left them to the elements to die yeah and this was like in the last 40 50 years too so yeah yeah. So it sounds like everyone has a problem with their police, not just us. 
yeah, we may not, our police may not be uh, corrupt, but they will be a little extra trigger happy. Interesting stuff. It makes me think of the movie with Jeremy Renner, like specifically because Canada and Native Americans in the snow. Um, Is it Wind River? I think it addresses the issue. Like there's a better word than just issue, but I can't think of it, It, but it addresses the issue of native American women going like going missing. Like they go disappear. Like they're, they don't go disappear. Sorry. They disappear into thin air basically. um, And like just never heard from again. And it's a fictional or fictitious I'm making up words today, guys, um, a fictitious rendition of this. Like he's tracking down the whereabouts of this woman. Uh, but like, you know, it's one of those movies that it puts facts and statistics on the screen um, at the end of it. And so that was just really eye opening to know uh, like some statistics about like missing persons reports and how many of them were native and indigenous women. Which also leads into the actual group in real life called the MMIW, which is short for Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women. Fun fact, my mom and my sisters went to their march, which was in Dallas a couple years back. Okay. And my sisters were shocked my mom was there because my mom swings to the right on the political spectrum and my sister, she swings pretty far left. Okay. So I'm just like, how are you shocked when you're both the main focus here? Yes. And so, I mean, a lot of things tend to become politicized, but when you stop and think like the root cause, the reason we're here, like we agree that this is an issue, no matter what side of the political spectrum that you're on. Um, And so that's one of my favorite things about politics, even though it's not really a politically related thing is just that no matter what side you're on, there are always going to be things that you can unanimously agree on. Yeah. Until you get like some people who are like, we're going to politicize this just for points. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck is going on here? Stop it. We got to keep getting reelected. No, stop it. (laughs) Goodness. Well, this episode just got a lot deeper than I ever anticipated. Yes, it did. I think this is a good place just to cut it off now. Yep. (laughs) But not without letting you know where you can find us on the internet. Yeah, you can find us on all the social medias, pretty much Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Getter, and TikTok. I say Getter, but let's be real. I was like, you know what? It's a new social media. It's popping off, I guess. Might as well just make an account there. Never heard of it, (laughs) but okay. It was supposed to be an alternative form of Twitter, but then they're like, hey, we're going to ban people too, but oh well. (laughs) Oh, great. We accept Twitter's rejects, but we're rejecting you too. (laughs) Got it. I don't think they've banned people yet, but I'm not sure. All I know is... It's an app on my phone. I just never updated or anything. I'm just like, well, this has almost no traction for a gaming podcast feed. Let's just uh, 
forget about it, I guess. Well, one of my friends told me um, she has an MBA, so she was like in business school and all that, that it's a smart move for companies or entities um, or just like us in general um, to take the name even if you don't intend on using it. Like you don't intend on using this social media profile, but you still have your name preserved on that social media profile. Oh yeah. This is why I waited like two years before finally getting a TikTok for the podcast. <laughs> Even then we only have one video. So I'm just like, you know what? That's fair. That's all we need. Just one with a million views. So go watch it. <laughs> so we can hit that milestone. <laughs> <laughs> eventually <laughs> at least that'll be the only thing getting a million views so far yet i don't know animal crossing might pull through right holy shit it's still getting more downloads yes so week after week we look at our numbers and we are i don't even know why at this point but we are still amazed every week that our number one episode is Animal Crossing population growing? It has surpassed all of the other episodes, and it is still getting downloaded. So kudos to you, listener. So right now, the email just came in for our podcast numbers. We received 19 downloads over the last week, which is pretty much on par for the course. 12 of those being L.A. Noir, which just released. That's cool. That's nice. Then in second place, we have Animal Crossing population growing. I'm not surprised. There are some weeks that I'm pretty sure Animal Crossing has beat out new releases. So it is very clear that people love the OG Animal Crossing. And we've tried to capitalize on that. We tried to do it in like the Animal Crossing movie. We did New Horizons 2.0 update. You hear me talk about it on every episode. So I'm just thinking, well, shit, we just need to break out that old DS and just work on Wild World. I don't even know where my DS is. <laughs> I know where Wild World is, but I don't know where my DS is. We'll find it eventually. I'm sure. But until then, this has been the PlayCube Gamecast. I'm your host, Chase. And I'm Mushy. And next time... We're going to find something else to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good to me. Bye. Bye.